Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 12th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 27. Beginning in verse 15, it says this, It was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. Well, this year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Do you want me to release, in other words, this criminal who they know is guilty, he's actually a murderer, or do you want me to release Jesus, who of course was sinless, had never committed a crime in his life? Which one? Well, he knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. And just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent this message, leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Well, meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? And the crowd shouted back, Barabbas. And Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? And the mob roared even louder, crucify him. And Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that the riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And I want to pause there and just point out the gross injustice that's happening in this story. The crowd is crying out for the release of a convicted known murderer and for the conviction and ultimately the death of an innocent man, Jesus. And the reason I point this out is that for some of you listening, you've experienced injustice. And I think it's just important to understand that we have a Savior who has walked in your shoes, who has experienced injustice himself. I think this is a great example of what the author of Hebrews means in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who's been tempted in every way as we ourselves are tempted. In other words, Jesus has walked in your shoes. Jesus has experienced injustice. Jesus has experienced rejection even when he's desperately trying to do the right thing. Jesus is attacked and abused as we'll see in the rest of our passage today. And the author of Hebrews goes on to say, therefore, because he's had this experience, we can run to the throne of grace to receive help and mercy in our time of need. And when we're going through injustice. Man, that's when we need help and mercy. So you can turn to Jesus. He's walked in your shoes to receive help and mercy in your suffering, in your injustice. You are not alone. And then I think it's important for Pilate. He he acts like he can just wash his hands and somehow he's then innocent of not in this moment doing what is right. The truth is he should have stood up 
for Jesus. And just because he washed his hands doesn't mean he's off the hook for condemning an innocent man. In the very same way, we've got to stand up against injustice. And we can't find these loopholes and excuses and ways to justify turning a blind eye to the injustice we see around us. We have to speak up. We have to defend the innocent. Pilate failed to do that. Let's not make that mistake. God, give us the courage and give us eyes to see the injustice around us. Help us to stand up, to use our strength to protect and to guard those who are unable to defend and to protect themselves. Let's watch what happens next. It says, and then the people yelled back, Just think about this. They yell back, we will take responsibility for the death of Jesus. We and our children. They're basically calling a curse down on themselves. They're taking responsibility for crucifying the Son of God, an innocent man. And when you look at Israel's history, from that moment on, boy, they have really suffered. Man, Rome was persecuting them. Of course, the Germans persecuted them. And they have been persecuted and been fighting and defending themselves throughout history for the last 2,000 years. And that's going to continue into the tribulation when finally the Jews begin to see Jesus, whom we crucified, is actually our Savior, our Messiah. And during the tribulation, the 144,000 Jews will come to faith in Jesus and then will go all over the world during the tribulation in the midst of all of that turmoil and suffering and they'll be preaching the good news about Jesus. Now, watch what happens next. Verse 26, it says, Pilate released Barabbas to the crowd and he ordered Jesus to be flogged with a lead-tipped whip. And then he turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Well, to be flogged means they took a whip and that whip had these nine tails on the end and they would fasten these leather tails. They'd fasten rocks, metal, shells into those leather straps. And then when they whipped that prisoner and pulled pulled on that whip, it would actually rip open their flesh. It was a terrible, cruel, and brutal way to punish a person. And Jesus is taking all of this, remember, voluntarily for me and for you. So when we're reading this list, just remember Jesus did this for you to show you his love and to bridge the gap between you and God so that you could know him today and spend all eternity with him. Verse 27, they took him to their headquarters and they called the entire regiment out and they stripped him and they put on a scarlet robe. Well, I think that scarlet robe represents our sin. It was red, and they put that on Jesus, representing him taking on our sin. He will be punished and die for our sin. Then they wove a thorn of branches. They made a crown out of thorns and pressed it into his head. He wore a crown of thorns so that we could wear a crown of glory. And then they put in his hand a reed to look like a scepter, not knowing that Jesus 
is the king of the universe. He holds it all together by his power. And they knelt before him and they mocked him. They taunted him. Hell, king of the Jews. They even spit on him and grabbed the stick and began beating him in the head with it. They knelt before the Savior, not knowing that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Even those soldiers will get on their knees before Jesus and out of their mouth will declare that he is Lord. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put on his clothes and they led him away to be crucified. You know, we read something like that. It's a little... You know, it's a little gory. It's a little overwhelming. It would be easy to just kind of brush it aside to skim over it. But I think it's probably important for us to read those words and to think about all that Jesus suffered for us because it was a demonstration of his love. It was his way of of making sure we know just how much he loves us and how much He wants a relationship with us. And, and when we see the gravity of His love, man, it captivates our hearts and inspires us to draw near to Him. Man, what a Savior we serve. So let's just pray into that. Let's ask God to remind us today of the weightiness of God's love, all that that means for us, and that it would draw us deeper into a relationship with him. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this passage. I'm so glad to know that when I experience injustice, I have a Savior who's walked in my shoes, who understands, who cares, who feels my pain, who wants to come alongside me and minister to my hurt. God, we're so grateful for that. And we're so grateful that, Jesus, that you are willing to lay down your life, that you were flogged, and that you were beaten and you had that robe put on you and then ripped off. You had that crown of thorns pressed into your scalp and you were punched and mocked and abused and humiliated all because you love us and you are making a way for us. God, we thank you for that. And I pray that today we wouldn't rush over these words rush over this picture, this scene in our mind. But God, we would be reminded just how much you love us and it would heal our hearts. It would inspire us and and encourage us to draw near to be and to be you and to be transformed by your presence. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Man, I hope that encourages you. Jesus is crazy about you. So glad you were with me again today. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.